morning, let's uh, <coughs> pray for our upcoming AGM, having a deacons meeting after church, pray for the people who are leading this church administratively, the ministry heads um, that are doing so many things in the background, um, keeping the wheels of this church turning, and we we're a body, and it shows in how many different things each and every one of you do for the continued um, effectiveness of this church. So let's pray for that. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that you, we are a body of believers, a local body of believers, and that you have given us a church, um, as a church, a mandate, and we know that there's so much that goes into that, and we thank you for all the, the people that serve and the people that are faithful and give their time and energy and resources and finances to, to these many ministries and to the uh, upkeep of them and to the growth. And we just pray now as the AGM comes up that... Um, we can be more unified through open communication and through understanding, a uh, better understanding of the workings of the church. And um, I pray that it may be a time of spiritual edification as a business meeting, <laughs> but we do the business of the church and it's always a spiritual matter. And we thank you, Lord, for them, and we pray for that meeting. Amen. Um, if you don't receive emails, I have written an, a letter again. Um, it's out in front there in hard copy. You please take one as you go out. Um, it's just giving feedback on the last several months and the people and the ministries and the church. Um, and my goal is to keep you guys informed. So if you didn't receive the email, please take a copy out in front. All right. Today, we are in Luke chapter 3. As we have been, but wow, we are going to look at what is essentially a long list of names this morning. The dreaded genealogies, where do we even begin? Many preachers, many people reading the Gospels are very tempted to just you know, skip it <laughs> and go on right to chapter 4. But truly, if we believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for our edification, then there is something to learn here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's a famous... Uh, quote, 
uh, Ray Stedman tells a story of an old Scots minister who was reading through the first chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, which also contains a genealogy. And he starts, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judah. And the old Scots minister started looking down ahead, and he saw the list, you know, as it continued, and he said, and they kept on begatting one another all the way down this page and halfway down the next. <clears throat> what is a genealogy? What can we learn from it? Well, in our case, a genealogy what it is not, okay? It's not a concise a scientific record um, that we can somehow add up um, every name and we can figure out the exact age of the earth. Um, people have insisted on that. <coughs> um, I don't think that's its purpose. Each gene genealogy has a different purpose. There's many different kinds of genealogies in the Bible, lists of names and ancestries. There's one in Genesis that talks about the line of Seth that, that God preserved right up to Noah, and it talks about the line of Cain that, um, that was responsible for much of the industrial progress of the ancient world before the flood that we know so little about, but yet they were fallen into sin, so that, that serves a different purpose. There's one in Leviticus. There's, there's many throughout Scripture, and they have different purposes. So we have to find out what is the purpose of this specific list of names. Secondly, um, here's an example, okay? Um, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 8, his genealogy, um, he says that Joram begat Uzziah, okay? But from the Old Testament in chapter 2 Kings, we know that um, Joram <laughs> was the great-great-grandfather of Uzziah, okay? So thus begat in the, in the sign, in the idea of a line culminating in, okay? <clears throat> the Eastern mind wasn't as numbers obsessed and scientifically accurate um, as we insist today, but that doesn't mean it's untrue, okay? Um, Warfield once famously wrote, he's a famous preacher, these genealogies must be esteemed trustworthy for the purposes for which they are recorded, but they cannot be pressed into the use for other purposes for which they were not intended and for which they were not adapted. A genealogy records the ancestry of a person for a specific reason. And the reason here in Luke chapter 
chapter 3, I believe we can glean three truths from this genealogy. We can understand the faithfulness of God. We can see truly that Jesus is our rightful King and Lord and representative. And through this understanding indirectly, we can see our value and our place in, Lord, in, the, in God's greater plan. I'm going to read from um, chapter 21, um, verse 21, I mean. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove on him. And the voice from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Dear Lord, we thank you for the truth of scripture, and what we can learn now here today about ourselves, about you, and about our Savior Jesus, who lived as a person, as a human and we read the proof of that. In Jesus' name, amen. The genealogy of Jesus. So in verse 23, it begins. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. He says, as was supposed, because he wasn't Joseph's biological son, um, get understand that he was um, adopted and registered at the temple, um, but he was Mary's biological um, uh, child. And he begins in the front. He doesn't begin at the back. Now, if you compare the two genealogies, you'll find there's a big difference between them. In fact, before David, only one of the names match up. So what's going on? Well, in the genealogy of Matthew, it records women. It records um, Rahab, and it records um, Ruth, um, and it records Jesus' line through Solomon. It says Solomon and then David. Okay, so Joseph was the direct descendant of David through the, um, the royal lineage, the, the person that inherited the throne, okay, uh, from David. Um, <clears throat> and that was Joseph's genealogy, okay? So in Matthew, the purpose was, I want to show that Jesus is king. And then he goes back all the way to Abraham, and to, to say, I want to also show that Jesus is a Jew, <laughs> okay, Jewish. In this one, he starts with Jesus, um, and he does say Joseph, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mephat. Um, 
this is, we understand, Mary's genealogy. And only men are mentioned here. Joseph was the son-in-law of Heli, which was Mary's father, in other words. So we have both genealogies, both the, the, the legal royal line through Joseph and the natural loyal line through Mary, culminating back to David and beyond. And we're going to look at that. Okay, so that's what's going on here. I'm going to read some of it now, so bear with me. I've been trying to practice. Who was the son of Heli, who was the son of Methat, who was the son of Levi, who was the son of uh, Melchi, who was the son of Janai, who was the son of Joseph. Verse 25, who was the son of Matthias, who was the son of Amos, who was the son of Nahum, who was the son of Esli, who was the son of Nagai. And he goes back, and we sort of imagine like this reverse, this rewind in time. You know, if you can picture the movies where things rewind and we go back through the silent years, the 400 years of silence, we, um, we go back through this line of the through the exile, uh, we rewind even further through the divided kingdom and the, um, the strife uh, between the northern uh, kingdom, which was uh, not the rightful line, and the, and the southern, the small remnant, um, the son of... Uh, Resha, the son of Zerubbabel, in verse 27, verse 28, who was the son of Melchi, again, there was another Melchi, the son of Adai, who was the son of Cosma, who was the son of um, Eladam, who was the son of Ur, who was the son of Joshua, another Joshua. <clears throat> and we rewind through the history, through right... Um, uh, back uh, to to the royal family, the first royal family of the nation of Israel and to the throne of David in verse 31, who was the son of Matthiah, who was the son of Nathan, who was the son of David. So David had another son, also Bathsheba, Nathan, he didn't inherit the throne like Solomon, but he was royalty, he was a prince. And so we have these two lines of David uniting once again in Christ. And we rewind even further. Now the names start becoming a bit more familiar and the genealogy with Matthew matches up again who was the son of Jesse, who was the son of Obed, who was the son of Boaz. Who remembers Boaz? From Ruth, the book of Ruth. 
the kingsman redeemer that married Ruth, who was the son of Salmon. Who remembers Salmon? He married um, Rahab, who placed her faith as a, as as a acolyte, a person not born a Jewish, uh, but came into the Jewish nation uh, through faith, and she married. Salmon. It rewinds even further, and it goes back through the days of the judges and the turmoil and the conquest of uh, Judea through the wilderness wanderings. It rewinds even further. We get, oh my goodness, my notes. We get to the son of Jacob and the son of Isaac and the son of Abraham. He is a Jew through and through. <laughs> the patriarchs of the faith, as Abraham was called out of the nation, but it goes back even further when Abraham was still an idolater in Ur, worshiping idols. The son of Terah, the son of Nahor. And it goes back and back and back, even up to the door of the ark itself. The son of Shem, who was the son of Noah, who was the son of Lamech, who was the son of Methuselah, who was the son of Enoch was the son of Jared and it goes back through the thousands of years that are so murky and, and unclear uh, to our knowledge before the flood that we know so little about right up to the garden where it all began who was the son of Enosh who was the son of Seth who was the son of Adam, who was the son of God. Hopefully we, we see that these lists of names are embedded in rich, real history, that these are the names of people who lived and died and did things, amazing things for God. What does this list, what can we learn from this? Firstly, that God is faithful to his promises. You see, a list like this needed to be established because God made some promises regarding people's descendants. He made a promise when he cursed the snake. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, singular. 
by the way, not plural. The second one. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Through the evil and corruption and hardness of people's hearts and through your devices and machinations, you will lead him um, to the cross to be crucified. And through that, he will be victorious. This wounded savior. So through the woman's seed, through the woman's offspring, this will happen. And the Bible says, well, here's your proof. Jesus didn't just magically appear one day out of thin air from heaven. He was born a human being. He made some other promises. He made a promise to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, I will indeed bless you and I will indeed multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and the sands that are on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies through your offspring, singular, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So what does this genealogy tell us? That Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and that God is faithful to his promises. That through these dark days, through the, the judges period, through the, um, the, the Israel abandoning their God through the exile, through all of these things, God is faithful to his promise. And that through Jesus Christ, all the nations of the earth will be blessed in the gospel. That he has been risen that he died for us on the cross and that through faith in him we may have eternal life. He made a third promise. He made a promise to King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up after you an offspring from your body. He's talking about his children's is specifically here Solomon, and I will establish his rule. Your house and dominion will endure f before me forever, and your throne will be established forever. Talking about the king of kings, the one that will um, sit on the throne forevermore. Your house, your legacy, your family will endure. And through that family, the world will know its king.
So God is faithful. And without a genealogy, without this list of names, to assure us, to affirm that truth in us, Yes, he was descended from Abraham. God did keep his promise. He did keep his promise to Adam and Mary. He did keep his promise to David. Through the, the birth of Jesus, through that one simple act. What else can we learn from a genealogy, a family tree? That Jesus is our Lord, our King. You can add there our representative. So as I've said, it doesn't only um, tell us about Jesus' legal right to kingship of uh, David's throne. but also the, the natural line to David. So he's our king, and we know that, and we know that because Scripture says that, but he's an actual king. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven, as he preaches throughout Matthew Kingdom is not a place, it's the kingdom of heaven is when we as his servants, as those who declare him as our king, live under his authority and his rule, now and in the eternal state to come. He will rule, uh, he is king. To the nation of Israel, this was comforting as well. He is our Lord. Just a few verses before, and this is not by accident, I believe, that when Jesus was baptized and, and the Father God from heaven said, you are my beloved son in the older translations is, this day I have begotten thee. You are of me, you are from me, not born of me, but you are one with me. To be the son of a father is to be equal in authority and ownership and rule as much as the Father. And so the genealogy goes right back to Adam, and it says the Son of God, <laughs> um, but we have God the Son. It begins. And then he is our representative. In Romans chapter 5, It tells us this contrasting nature between Adam and Jesus. The first man that represented us all and sinned. And the second man, the second Adam, 
that also represents us all and was victorious. It says in Romans uh, from verse 12 this, it says, Therefore as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death is spread to all men because all have sinned. But in verse 15, but the free gift of God, the free gift is not like the trespass. Um, for through the trespass, one man, many die, then how much more has the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of the, of the one man, Jesus Christ, bound to many? So he had to have been a real person, not magically just appeared from heaven in a human body. He had to have been born of a woman, Mary. And that's why I think this does illustrate Mary's genealogy right up to Adam. Because he's our representative. And because he lived human life, and suffered and died on the cross, we are able to place our faith in him and his grace is imputed to us, is, is added to our account. Amen to that. So what does that mean for us? As I said before, these are real people. They lived real lives, imperfect lives, yes, sinful, some faithful, some more than others, but the Lord used them nonetheless. In his great redemptive plan, let's take Ruth as just an example. What if Ruth's husband didn't die? What if she never followed her mother-in-law back to Israel and met Boaz and the story of Ruth didn't unfold in their son being born and his son being born and just a few generations later, King David? <clears throat> what if that never happened? Well, we know with God there is no such thing as what if. And that's the point. It says before the foundation of the world, each of us have been, um, uh, in Ephesians, I'm paraphrasing, but um, been appointed a service to God that when we place our faith in Christ and become uh, and are saved and empowered through the Spirit, we are then appointed to good works, it says. But that, that can be translated into service of His glory that was appointed before the foundation of the world. I don't know how that works, but there's no what ifs with God. And just like this may seem like a list of names, just like we're sitting here before us, there were people 
that served and lived and sinned and repented and served God. So what we do is not insignificant. Louis uh, preached uh, or gave a message uh, on Wednesday uh, through our audio recording, um, finding the will of God in your life. You know, and um, to answer this big complicated question, are we obedient to scripture? Are we seeking to grow in our spiritual fruit? Do we um, apply uh, to love others and to love God? Do we live closely in our lives in prayer? Then it shouldn't be such a big question. We wanted to move to Cape Town a few, uh, several, many years ago. Um, you know, there was a nice job opportunity and everything. I think Lou even used Cape Town as an example in his message, and I couldn't help but chuckle. But it wasn't the Lord's will. And now I'm here, and I'm grateful for that. But what if? No. <laughs> you see, just as the Lord can use this one family, Noah and his few children, Abraham and his small group of family, and he can change the world. He can do these amazing things through a family. Well, we're, are we not a family? FBC church family. And although we're not descendants of one another, we're not going to keep a, a record of that. Can we not do what we were appointed to do and and live our lives for God, and, and even though we don't see the, the impact, there's names in this list that appears nowhere else in the Bible. Just a few names. This person had this person as their son. And that's it. That's all we hear about them ever. But what if? What if we live for God today and we did what we were called to do and we treated each other like a family and we were effective in our community and in our lives and in Whitbank? What would be said about Faith Baptist Church in eternity? And I know that's a bit of a stretch. But this genealogy shows that what we do is not insignificant. We read the Bible out of order, unfortunately. You know, we, we know the stories already. 
But imagine you were a first century believer and you were reading this for the first time. Luke had just sent the letter out and you were one of the first recipients and you all gathered together and the person began reading. And they read from chapter 1 about Jesus' birth and all these amazing prophecies that were told about him and John and his um, piercing uh, sermon to the people that were gathered and more prophecies and more praises about this about Jesus and then his baptism and and the father himself declared his blessing on Jesus and and then we read these genealogies and these names are familiar and whoa David and 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 Abraham and and, and Adam and so he he's a he's the inheritor of the throne and and um, it has theological implications and you get so excited because you're reading it as a story what's next what's going to happen in chapter four there weren't chapters back then but what's on the next page i want to hear more these the gospels were written as stories that's why we're going through it as a story. <clears throat> Let's remember this morning God's faithfulness, the Lord's sovereignty and authority in our lives, and that we too are a family. And just as God did great things with the family of Abraham, he can do great things with us here as well. And as I said in children's worship, our names are recorded in the book of life. If we place our faith in him through what Jesus did on the cross, died for our sins, and then if we repent and believe, we will be saved. Amen. Dear Lord, we do thank you for your word once again as we read in our call to worship we long for it and we thank you that even through a list of names that there is truth there is edification there is wisdom and we are excited to continue this story through Luke and learn about our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.